Hi, my name is Umberto Mucci and this is We The Italian News, a podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Thursday, June 24, 2021. Uh, hello from Rome, where the summer solstice has brought the first real African heat wave to Italy with temperatures that in many cities are beating the records of the summer of 2003. The 51.6% of the Italian population have received the first dose of the vaccine and 30.8% of the Italian population over 12 is fully vaccinated. In the regions who fully vaccinated the highest percentage of the population are Lombardy, Lazio, Puglia, Liguria and Molise, those who instead vaccinated the lowest percentage of the population are Sicily, Calabria, Tuscany, Trentino Adige and Valle d'Aosta. The Italian government has decided that from June 28 there will be no longer an obligation to mask outside except in crowded situations. The Italian vaccination campaign has a new goal to go after all those who are over 50 and have not yet been vaccinated. They are about 5 million people. The regions with the lowest rates of vaccination among the over 50 are concentrated in the south and are Sicily and Calabria, with about a third still to be vaccinated, but also lagging behind is Campania for the oldest age group, those over 80. In total, the three southern regions have 1.5 million over 50 still without any vaccine protection. In details, in Sicily there are almost 700,000, in Campania 502,000 and 254,000 in Calabria. <coughs> in the age group ranging from 50 to 59 years, about 9.5 million people in Italy, the percentage of those vaccinated with at least one dose is 66%. But as is always the case, there are significant regional differences. In Calabria it is 56%, in Basilicata and Sicily 57%. At the other end of the scale is Umbria with the first with 74.6%, while Campania is second with 72.5% uh, among the 50 to 59 years age group. These numbers become even more important if you think that thanks to vaccines the lethality, the lethality of COVID has fallen by 80% of the age of those affected has fallen to 37 years. The average age of those entering intensive care units has also dropped to around 60, while the average age of those requiring initial hospitalization has dropped to 55. The infection situation is stable, but the danger is still there. The Delta variant, more dangerous and lethal, and able to infect those who have had only one dose of vaccine, is expanding from Great Britain, where many of the upcoming matches of the European Soccer Championship will be played, and there is great concern because 60,000 fans have been authorized to the stadium. It has already arrived in the rest of Europe. In Italy, on May 18, the Delta variant was at 1% of cases, by mid-June it was at 3.4, rising to 9% a few days later. But the real numbers could be more, much more worrying. Italy is fifth in the world for the percentage of cases due to the Delta variant. And at the end of August, the strain it identified for the first time in India could carry 90% of infections in Europe, as it already is today in Great Britain. Thanks to the action of the new Italian government, which has overturned the draft of the document presented by the previous government and informally judged very bad, the European, the European Commission has promoted the Italian recovery plan with 10 A's, i.e. the maximum score, and 1 B, this one on the information relating to the costs of the plan. The document confirms the allocation of 191.5 billion euros to Italy. 68.9 billion in grants and 122.6 billion in loans. 
July will see the approval of 13% pre-financing for Italy, as to say 25 billion euros. The European Commission has established a series of stages with a number of objectives to be achieved over the next few years. Every six months there will be a check and if the targets are reached, the payment of the subsequent funding tranches will be triggered. Some billions of the first tranche have already been allocated by Italy. They will be used to promote the inclusion of young people in the world of work, to encourage female employment and to modernize nurseries and schools. The plan <coughs> calls for Italy to approve 20 reforms and 30 investment plans by the end of 2021, another 30 reforms and 30 investment plans in the first half of 2022, <coughs> and a total of 525 targets up to 2026. As I told you in the past, it'll take a miracle. Indeed, it'll take many miracles. But Europe has confidence in Italy, at least as long as this government is in place, and things seem to be going in the right direction. The latest data on business and consumer confidence is showing a marked increase. There is a strong acceleration for businesses compared to the positive trend of recent months, and it is the highest figure since February 2018. Foreign trade has also rebounded. Exports have grown significantly, not only compared to last year, when the level had been exceptionally low, <clears throat> but also compared to two years ago, marking a plus 7.4%. In April, besides, the Italian industrial production in index rose by 1.8% compared with March. According to the Observatory on Security in Italy and Europe, Covid has overshadowed the other problems, even if in our country economic uncertainty is a concern. According to research conducted in five European countries, Covid is the most serious emergency for 30% of citizens interviewed. But in Italy, this sentiment appears a little less of a priority, indicated by 26% of citizens as the most serious emergency. This concern, however, is outweighed in Italy by economic insecurity, higher than in the rest of Europe. Since 2020, the social and anti-political resentment of the last 20 years has diminished and there is also less fear of immigration and crime. These issues have not gone away, but they have taken a backseat since Covid, which has also contributed to enhancing the role of science and scientists, in whom about 80% of European citizens interviewed expressed confidence. This percentage rises to 90% in Italy, where doctors and scientists are now the main references to rely on. A few weeks ago I told you that Venice would be finally free of the huge ships that come up to a few meters from Piazza San Marco, bringing pollution and ruining and threatening the lagoon. But unfortunately, sometimes in Italy a lot of time passes between the approval of a law and its implementation, and sometimes it becomes too much. So yesterday UNESCO has issued an ultimatum to Italy to seriously remove the big ships from San Marco, the ones over 40,000 40, tons, or Venice will be including in the blacklist of World Heritage in Danger a possible prelude to the cancellation of the label of World Heritage Site. The law is not yet enforced because an alternative docking point for ships has not yet been found. Or rather, the docking point would be there, but it needs works that have not yet started. Let's hope they will start soon. This is one of those situations in which the excessive Italian bureaucracy risks to do visible and dangerous damages. <coughs> Now, in this podcast, I try to tell you what is happening in Italy, even when the subject is particularly delicate and involves politics. In these days, Italy is experiencing a diplomatic crisis with the Vatican. The relations between Italy and the Vatican are provided for by an international agreement called Concordato, 
signed in 1929 and renewed in 1984. This agreement, like all international agreements, has the force of law and was negotiated by the Italian government back in those days and approved by the Italian parliament back in those days. Today, the Italian parliament is discussing a law that wants to reaffirm the defense of the LGBT community against homophobic attacks. In reality, the law goes further and also mentions elements of the so-called gender theory. In short, not everyone agrees and the discussion is very, very heated. The Vatican two days ago delivered a letter to the Italian Embassy at the Holy See in which they point out that, according to them, the law under discussion would violate the rules of the agreement between Italy and the Vatican, which guarantees freedom of speech and thought of the Catholic Church in Italy. Italian politics has gone mad between those who are for and those who are against, and yesterday Mario Draghi, the head of the Italian government, responded in the parliament with simple, <coughs> direct, and wise words, which I report to you. Quotes, Ours is a secular state, it is not a confessional state. Therefore, Parliament is certainly and obviously free to discuss and legislate. Our institutional system contains all the guarantees to ensure that laws are always respect constitutional principles and international commitments, including the Concordato with the Church. There are preventive checks on constitutionality in the competent parliamentary commissions and there are subsequent checks in the Constitutional Court. Finally, I would like to clarify one thing which is found in a sentence of the Constitutional Court. Laicity is not in the indifference of the state to the religious phenomenon. Laicity is the protection of pluralism and cultural diversity. Finally, to complete information, yesterday Italy signed with 16 other European countries a joint declaration expressing concerns about the articles of law in Hungary that discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation. That's all for now. That's all for today. My name is Umberto Mucci. This was with Italia News. Please stay safe and stay healthy. I'll see you next uh, Thursday, next uh, Monday, sorry, next Monday. Ciao from Rome.